0: Hi, this is Anthony Esposito from the infamous Ace Freely Band. Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. Hi, this is Bruce Kuehly. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attacks. Hey everyone, this is Dave Manichetti from YNT. This is Dave Starr from Wildstar. What's up, this is Doc Coyle from the band Gobbovich. All right, this is Jason from uh, Kings of Modesty. What's happening? This is Jeremy Goldberg from Age of Evil. Hey, what's up? This is Joey Z from Life of Agony. Hey, what's up? This is Mercedes from Z. I'm Rasmus Gruberg from New Keepers of the Water Towers. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owen.
1: Hey, this is Steven from I Wrestled
2: a Fair Once. Hey, this is Tara. And this is Ivy. And we're half of Kitty.
0: Hey, this is Wolf from The Chariot. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hi, this is Robert Flashman. Hey, everybody, this is Bobby Rock. Hey, this is Zach from Not Point. Hey, this is Frank from New Revolution. And you're listening to... Mars Attacks. Yeah. Hey, this is Robbie Crane from Rat and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Go get him. Hey, what's up? This is Joe from Misery. Hey this is John from Misery. Hey, this is Dan Lorenzo from Hades, Nonfiction, The Cursed, and my horrible solo music. You listen to my boy Victor on Mars Attacks. Yay, this is Guy from Avalon and you're listening to Mars Attacks, Pete Rocket. Hey this is Ron from Fall of Guns and Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Uh, hey what's up? This is Liam from Cancer Bat and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, what's up? This is Jose from Bonnet by Blood, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Okay, this is Patrick from Heaven Below. You're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attacks. How you doing? This is Frankie Benelli from Quiet Riot, letting you know that Victor Rock on Mars Attack Radio.
2: Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
1: Welcome, one and all, to episode 17 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and for this episode, we will bring you a very special interview with Richard Patrick from Filter. Filter's one of my, I would say, one of my favorite groups from the uh, last decade onward, Um, starting out with, well, let me explain it to you this way. I enjoyed Short Bus, but Title of Record is one of my all-time favorite albums, bar none. Uh, It is an album that I've played to death. Uh, I would honestly say that the track, uh, Captain Bly, is possibly within the top three, maybe top two favorite tracks of all time. Uh, Their music has helped me get through a lot of different difficult times uh, in life. You know, there are always different groups and different songs that... Mark different parts of your life, and for me, Filter is one of those groups where that album just meant uh, so much to me. And uh, as you'll learn in the interview, uh, we did use the track uh, Take My Picture for my wedding last year. Anniversary is actually uh, uh, this coming weekend, but um, yeah, I mean, the, this group has meant a lot to me. And uh, you know, if you listened to the different podcasts you've known that there are a lot of different things going on and uh their latest album trouble with angels has also um captivated me in a similar sense a lot of rough shit going on unfortunately and if you've listened to previous uh podcasts again um my wife and unfortunately recently had a miscarriage i recently lost my day job um you know these are things that happen to all of us um you know, or happened to a lot of people. And, you know, music does help, to an extent, get by, you know, a lot of these different things. And, and this album, Trouble With Angels, really has uh, touched me, and I've really enjoyed, you know, the entire album. And there's no bullshit whatsoever with what I say to uh, Richard throughout the interview. Um, I conducted this interview back in, in late June. This interview should have come out, Sometime in July, but again, with everything that has been going on, made things extremely difficult to do so. Um, Another thing that we touch upon in the interview is uh, 9 11. Uh, For a long time, you know, um, that's it's felt to me like that's been my calling card, especially when I moved over here in Spain. You know, hey, this is Victor, he witnessed 9 11. You know, I've brought it up in the past um, in other episodes. And uh, there's a story that Richard tells me about uh, being in Iraq that just, you know, made me replay the whole situation back again uh, in my head. And, um, you know, as difficult of a situation that that is, you know, I do want to sort of emphasize that, you know, our troops or troops in general that are over there in Afghanistan in Iraq and everything else have gone through a lot of difficult times, as Richard says, they're not the politicians, they're not the ones that send people over there, they're, you know, doing their best to look for a future, a lot of them, and uh, a lot of them are there, you know, protecting us, so, um, you know, uh, support your troops, but uh, uh, anyway, yeah, you know, um, so I just sort of... Felt the need to uh, to mention it to Richard. I also mentioned it to uh, I've mentioned it to uh, Blitz from Overkill because he played the New York Steel benefit, and uh, an interview that will be coming out in the next few weeks with John Bush. I also mentioned it as well. Uh, in any event, um, I want to start up with the interview behind us. We did initially hear "No Love," absolutely great track from Trouble with Angels. I was thinking about mixing things up with. Um, earlier tracks by the group from previous albums but i think this album is so strong that we're just going to have tracks from the album itself what we're hearing behind us is absentee father we'll hear that play out and um then we'll just hop on into the interview Cool. On the phone, we have Richard Patrick, mastermind of Filter and a bunch of other projects. And we're going to talk a little bit about the new album that is about to come out in the next few months. And we'll touch upon some things in the past. And uh, in any event, let's get things underway here. Um, when you look to record an album or, or look to write an album, uh, how much do hit singles like uh, Take a Picture or Hey, Man, Nice Shot weigh in in the entire writing process. Is there any pressure put on you from previous success, or does that not even come into play?
2: Well, obviously writing a hit song is a really good thing for for the project because what it does is the song becomes requested on radio all over the place. And then before you know it, the song's actually working for you. And then you sell more records and you you get into bigger, you know, venues to play. And um, But, you know, I, I don't think I, a person wakes up and goes, okay, I'm going to try and write a hit today. You just try and write the best song you can and say what you want to say as an artist. And hopefully it is a hit. But uh I think the minute you try you try and make a hit single you start sounding on um uh, you just don't you just it doesn't sound as um as uh it just doesn't have the same kind of integrity, you know, as a as a song that you wrote straight from your heart. Okay. I gotcha. So it doesn't you know what? It doesn't sound authentic. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can obviously tell when you're hearing stuff on the radio how, whether it's geared one way or another, and I don't think either one of the two songs that I mentioned are, you know, they're hits, but they're they're more atypical hits than they would be something yeah. that, you know...
2: Yeah, well, put it put it to you this way. People thought Take a Picture was some kind of... It was me, like, really trying to get on, like, you know, the top 40 or something, but in, in actuality yeah uh, you know it was written about uh, the you know one of the worst things about my life, which was i was I was very sick with alcoholism right at the time, and um, you know to me it was just like uh, I was trying to encapsulate what the feeling of powerlessness was all about, and for alcoholics there's a few moments in the day where you're happy. Mm-hmm. And it's because you drank, you know, and then there's the that, and then there's the the crash with the hangover, and it's horrible. So, I wanted to try and capture that euphoria musically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that again, that song came straight from the heart, and you know, it just happened that that it it ended up on radio, and it was a huge hit, and everything like that. And that's always a good. That's always you know, a, a good thing when it happens, but you don't necessarily wake up and say, okay, today I'm writing this song to be a hit. You know, you just kind right. of write what you want to write, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and a song like, you know, Take a Picture, as you said, you know, from your experience and everything, it isn't what you would expect, you know, to garner that type of attention. Yeah. So it
2: makes it... Yeah, a lot of a lot of the heavy fans that like the, the heavy stuff were almost a little put off by it. But, you know, the reality is... is as far as the song's content what I was saying lyrically it was pretty heavy. You know, mm-hmm. it was pretty pretty serious. So, I mean it's heavy depending on your perspective.
1: Right. I got you. Actual song that I used uh during my wedding actually. So, Oh, that's
2: cool. <laughs> used it during that's the
1: awesome. uh cake cutting portion.
2: So, Oh, that's cool. Take my so. picture. That's amazing. Um
1: With a lot of the press releases that I've been reading, they've been saying that you're sort of revisiting your industrial roots with this album. Um, Listening to the album a bunch of times and uh, listening to a lot of the back catalog, I mean, I honestly feel that it's a natural progression with the band because there have always been different elements that are present in this album and previous albums. Um, So do you feel that, you know sort of being categorized like that or saying that you're revisiting something? I don't
2: know. I don't know if industrial roots, I don't know if that necessarily describes what we're doing, but you know, that's what they called us um, in the beginning. They were like, right. Oh, they there. Th- this guy used to be in nine inch nails. So he must be industrial. And, and, and the reality was is we did, we did use a drum machine and we did, you know, we did have like a, like a, there was a lot of drum loops and samples and backward stuff. Um, but I, I thought because of the guitar element that we actually had more in in, in common with like Nirvana or grunge. Um, I was always looking at it as a rock band that, you know, w- was very defiant in the, in the puritanical um, sense that like we, we didn't have, we, it was a rock band without a drummer it was a, it was a rock band but no one really knew how to play the guitar that well it was a rock band you know so we were breaking those rules i thought for a rock band um in in industrial in an industrial sense it was kind of breaking the rules too because there was a lot of guitar it was a lot of everything was organic sounding we we didn't want to use like you know a drum machine sounding drum machine we wanted to use like more acoustic sound or authentic drum sound. so we were just you know that I think that what maybe maybe what you've heard is that it's 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 you know the song the inevitable relapse is I I I that's a song that I sat down and went you know what I just listened to short bus and I'm going to write something like short bus the song absentee father is like I I, I wrote the whole all of the music and, and I, and I wrote it like I wanted to write something for short bus. So that's kind of, I, I think we should have probably said, you know, the, or the first record is visited on the first two or three songs on the record. But then, uh, you know, I have a lot of fans that love title of record and Amalgamut and even, you know, in anthems. And so I had to kind of, up, you know, I, I front-loaded the record with some traditional, old-school sounding stuff like "Hey Man, I Shot" or "Short Bus" or something like that, and then right around the, the fourth song, I start veering off into the world of uh, title of record-ish type stuff. But see, the thing is, you know, it, 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 there's there's a little title of record and there's a little short bus, but the thing is, is it, I, I'm I'm trying to. To, to keep the band progressing into the future and not just kind of doing the same old stuff. So I wanted to give something to the fans that were expecting almost like short bus two back in the day, but at the same time continued to develop. And when you have 10 songs, you're allowed to do whatever you want. I think, I think it's important to, to really show your dynamic, um, on a record and show your dynamic as an artist on a record. And that's why, you know, it's, it's, funny because take a picture three songs before that, you had welcome to the fold and captain Bly and it's going to kill me right. and all these songs that are super heavy and intense and screamy. And, um, you know, then you get to take a picture and a lot of people were, were freaked out by that. It doesn't mean the whole record. Is going to be take a picture, but yeah, if you're going to have ten songs, I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's, I think it's a an eclectic audience these days, especially, and I think that you know they they would want a record to sound different on each song. You know what I mean?
1: Right. I, I got you, and and I, I agree with you a hundred percent with title of record. You know, there are those dynamics. It isn't all, you know, as you're saying that screamy. Um, you know, even short, bus,
2: even short bus has a moment stuck in here or, or uh, you know, or, or uh, you know, uh, so cool. There's a couple of moments where the record, you know, slows down and gets a little quiet. And I think it's important to have that on a record. Right. I think it's really important. So,
1: yeah, it r- really helps build things. And I mean, you guys have always done
2: things all over the place. So, um, yeah. I think it's important to keep that kind of tradition going. But, like I said, I've 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 front-loaded the record with some heavy stuff for the old-school short bus band, so that they feel they're getting that because I'm I'm good at that stuff and I like doing that stuff and so right. I, just making sure um, they're taken care of too.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Um, how soon after Anthems came out and you were on tour? did you start writing Trouble with Angels?
2: Well, the funny thing is about, you know, my catalog, I have stuff. See, there was this weird thing that I did right around 2005. I decided to work with the DeLeo brothers. It became this four-year od- odyssey on, um, you know, this this band that was almost supposed to be like a side project, and it turned into this big, huge departure and, I, you know, I had a whole record then ready to go that I was going to go make. Then I came back and wrote some more. So, honestly, this record has a lot of new stuff that I wrote this last year. I Actually, to answer your question in short, most of it was written literally in the last 12 months. Okay. Um, with the exception of maybe, so maybe the last year and a half, everything was written except for... Uh, except for some stuff like um, No Reentry was written literally 2002, 2003, hmm, maybe, okay. 2004. So some of it, there's always going to be bits and pieces from from you know from the old school days. But, um, you know, Drug Boy was actually, uh, you know, that was left over from Amalgamut. There was a riff huh. or two that I had, and then I, I kept the riff. But I grabbed. I, I wrote a new chorus, uh, Mitch Marlowe wrote a new chorus, mm-hmm. and then I wrote like a like a uh, we. I wrote the verses, and then Bob Marlette wrote the pre-chorus and the bridge. So that particular song took, honestly, ten years to write, hmm. um, because we had all these other things going on, and we we like came back to that riff, and it was like it just it just made a lot of sense this in the year 2010
1: Gotcha okay and you just mentioned Bob Marlet pr- yeah. he produced the album known for yeah. working with Black Sabbath among other bands a great right. Tony Iommi solo album yeah. why did you choose to work with Bob
2: You know what Bob and I met 10 years ago and I we just we went we went we we met and we were thinking about working together and then i got sidetracked and i did some other stuff and then my buddy john five said you should come over to bob's house and and work with bob and and we wrote this song drowning and i came in and i started singing my part and and bob's like he he just started kind of co-writing the melody a little bit and he and he and I just thought, well, I wonder what a whole song would sound like me and him. So I started working with Bob, and then it just—it just, you know, he is actually the best producer I've ever worked with. He's super hands-on in songwriting. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like I need that right now. I, I feel like I want to bounce my ideas off of someone. So, um, and and actually, you know, get get encouraged to work harder on stuff and he just came at he just came at you know the, the perfect time to, to kind of get into my life as a songwriter and um uh, it was, a, it was a, i he was a huge bonus uh for this record this record really couldn't have been made without him really okay and um
1: how long roughly did the album take to record
2: about eight months. Once we really started writing, we started writing. It, it took about eight months to kind of finish writing, and we kind of we write and record at the same time. And then we, right around uh, maybe January, I think we did drums, and then we worked through January and then February, and then March we started mixing, I think... Maybe February, March, we started mixing, and then, um, you know, we just mastered it today. We just got it finally mastered today, Okay. and uh, so literally the last six months, we've been really just pumping on it and getting it done.
1: Okay, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, I noticed that on a few songs, it seemed like you actually tuned down. This time around, tune down from what you normally have tuned to in the past my I... drop D, yeah okay what do you we
2: normally went to drop, we want to drop a, so it was like drop it's it's a baritone guitar it's a baritone guitar, and i don 't know what that tunes to, okay, but then we dropped it down to a gotcha okay so it's it's you know it's that super low end. You know, I think Deftones, Corn, right. that super baritone guitar that those guys, you know, are kind of famous for playing. Gotcha. And, okay. Uh, but they, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a seven-string. It was a, it was a baritone Fender Subsonic. Okay. Just a big long neck on it, and it's made for big heavy strings to be able to. That's why they call it a baritone guitar.
1: Right, right. So you're looking at like thirteen gauge on that I'm assuming?
2: Um there wasn't the strings. I got some strings. Where'd they go? Uh over here. Yeah, these ones. Uh sixty six on the on the on the, the low string. Okay. So sixty six, fifty, thirty eight, twenty six, seventeen, twelve on the baritone, subsonic okay. strings.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And um, gear-wise, what do you usually use to get your signature sound?
2: Um, you know, in the studio, we used a Bogner. We used Marshall. We use Mesa, but live, I use a Tech Twenty One. I bring a Tech Twenty One on. It sounds amazing. They've got the best speaker simulation direct out you can have, ask for and for for guys like us, I don't I don't really li- I carry it around all these big Marshall cabinets and you know what? I put in ears in. Five years ago I put in ears in and then the next thing you know I was like why do I have all this shit? I, I can't hear anything. You know, I hear I just hear a mic from the amp, you know, so I I started thinking about it and I just bring these tiny little tech twenty one, you know, one twelve cabinet combo and uh i just sound awesome i can't believe how good they sound and then i bring a variety of effects i got a bunch of line six delays and you know they've got amazing stuff now and uh you know wah pedal and uh stuff like that a couple, okay. of, a couple of phasers and stuff like that
1: uh, guitar wise what is your uh guitar of choice
2: My main guitar is this old guitar that I had custom made for me by uh, Alex Perez at Fender. Um, But now I have this brand new um, Stratocaster with the uh, humbucking pickup back there. It's this beautiful magnetic gray, uh, you know, sparkle finish with a mirrored pickguard and it's just amazing it's really cool it sounds amazing and it goes from like that beautiful strat sound you know um then but then you just hit this one button and it it clicks over and it goes right to the direct you know just the uh the big humbucker gotcha
1: okay any special type of humbucker you have in there
2: um, I think it's just their their stock humbucker. Okay.
1: Cool. Um,
2: I'm not a big tech tech guy. <laughs> I just know what I like. You know what I mean? I gotcha. My my guitars are always very important. They always have to be Stratocasters or or Telecasters. Um, you know my my the Golden uh, Tele that I have, we call it Golden Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know has a hot rail pickup in it okay Uh, Seymour Duncan Hot Rails right and uh through the body um you know vibrato system and uh but it's a telly and then I have a Stratocaster neck on it oh okay and that's an amazing sounding guitar I love that guitar Cool.
1: And the as far as the neck goes, you already bought it with the Strat neck on it, or that's something that you've modified over the no, years?
2: No, he 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 put them on because I like that little Strat neck, the, the stuff they make these days where it's real real small neck. Um, but I tell you what, it's it's always a Strat, it's always a Tele, it's always some Fender. I I, I do use other guitars in the studio and stuff like that, but live, it's, I can't. I I love my my, my Strat, especially this new Strat that I have. It's amazing.
1: Okay. And um, how many songs do you envision playing live off of uh, Trouble with Angels?
2: Well, I, I kind of thought that I would play a couple, but honestly, there's so many great songs on this record, and we've been playing a lot of material from the old stuff. But because I feel like this record's so solid, right. I think I'm going to learn a lot more. We're going to learn, like, two or three more songs. Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to play, like, easily four or five songs from the record. It's really, you know, do you like, how do you like the song, No Love?,
1: uh, I think, as you said, the entire album's real good. Um, it really surprised me. No love is good. Absentee father's real good. Uh, Catch a falling knife is real good. The title track is is cool. Uh, Clouds is, and I think the uh, the first signal single is is really strong as well. So I honestly don't think that there's a weak song on the album. Thank you. So that's that's I mean. The first thing that really caught me when they sent me the uh the stream I'm listening to it and you know you're you're waiting to see what songs you fast forward cuz maybe they don't catch but I literally listened to it the first day I got the stream like four times so
2: wow good so I think yeah, I uh, think it's, I think it's just you know I love anthems and that was yep. a fun record to make we did it really quick and it was fun it had an agenda mm-hmm. I was I was speaking for you know friends of mine that can't speak for themselves they were killed in iraq right so i i had to say my mind on that but this one is kind of back to what we do best it's it's just it just it's it's dirty it's mean mm. it's intense but then it 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 you find a heart on it, a heart in it somewhere and um you know and it gets to the soul and it moves through and yeah i'm just uh you know, it's it, and the songs are amazing to play live. I mean, Drug Boy live, it's you know, Drug Boy and Relapse are the songs that we play mm-hmm. live so far, and I think we just feel like it's just it's you just want to continue to to keep playing this stuff, you know, to to learn more and more of it. So I think we're gonna. You know I've seen some bands and you know they play their new stuff and it's like oh god I don't want <laughs> to hear that you know. Right. But I think that by the time this record gets out and and we start really touring, um, I think that a lot of our fans are going to want it because in all honesty, when we play the stuff live, we played it in Daytona, we played it a, a secret show and uh, you know at the at the at the Roosevelt Hotel in Hollywood and in vegas Mm -hmm. and the crowd really responded to the new stuff and usually crowds are like you know fuck the new stuff but right uh you know for a lot for not just filter but any other band i mean usually it's like oh god i don't want to hear the new shit yeah but um they really really responded well i was surprised i was happy because you know we love our new stuff you know we love our old stuff but we love our new stuff as well so it's going to be cool to bring all that stuff out
1: yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be really pleased when they hear the album. It really fits in as I said before. It's a natural progression, I feel, from, Good. you know, all of the albums. So people are, Good. should be happy. So, um recently you touched upon anthems there and um in Iraq and everything else. Um you were able to play with Frank uh over yeah. um during Operation MySpace, what was that whole experience like? Meeting all them troops and and being over there, you know. And, well, uh, we, we sp-
2: you know we plan to go back to the Middle East sometime soon. Um, okay. you know it's kind of a it's kind of a thing for us. Once you get over there and you realize, you know the real the the reality is is look, you know, both of the wars don't make any sense right right now to us. I mean, you know, to most Americans. The wars don't necessarily make a lot of sense, but the the soldiers themselves are not the policy makers.
0: Right. So,
2: you know, and and you realize that, you know, a lot of these kids uh, are just there because, you know, they they want jobs when they get older and they want to, you know, they want careers in the military. And so to be able to get over there in Iraq and, and give them a night of, of loud music. I mean, I'll tell you what, when we were in Kirkuk, uh, you walk out into the, out of the plane, the C-30 you get out of, and, and you just smell this, 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 this filth in the air. They just... because well, Rich, what they do is, the Iraqis take all their, their garbage, and they put it into a pit right next to the base and they take out their 10-cent gas, and they burn the garbage. Huh. So you just, it's filth in the air. And then it's also, Kirkuk is one of the biggest oil-producing centers of, of the East. so they're burning off all this natural gas, so there's this constant black smoke just pouring out into the atmosphere. And we're playing him in a shot, and I remember thinking to myself, I've played this song, you know, Thousand times, and it was so ominous. Seeing all these fires all over the place, and we get off the we get off the stage, and we're signing autographs. And next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. This alarm goes off, incoming, incoming, and everybody. The, the ra- what that means is the radar has detected an incoming shell. Now it's huh. just like anything else. If it's incoming, you've only got a couple of seconds to get on the ground. So, you know, so three or four thousand people being autographs and stuff, everybody, including the band, you know, we all had to hit the deck. So all the soldiers hit the deck immediately and we're still standing there like, what the hell are we supposed to do? And so we we actually, you know, you know, hit the deck as well. And the next thing you know, um, we're under a rocket attack. Huh. So we're. You know, we're expecting like, okay, this is kind of fun. It's exciting, but wait a minute, someone's going to get killed, right? Right, right, right. Next thing you know, alarm black or whatever, and it means you, you have to go run for cover. The first volley is over, and then you have to go run for cover. So you know what? We ran and we ran, and we couldn't find any place, and we hid in a ditch, and they, they black out the entire bay, so you can't. There's no lights. We hid in the ditch underneath, we didn't realize this, but it was underneath a diesel truck. So it was not the best choice, um, a place to hide from incoming rockets, but the rocket attack ended, and uh, we found out that uh, one of the rockets had landed right next to our barracks where we were going to sleep that night. So (laughs) it's pretty wild. And um, once you experience something like that, you just feel like, you know you just you just feel like these guys are out here, and it's not a very popular war, but you know we're gonna go out here and we're gonna visit them, and we're gonna give them some rock and roll because they get tons of country they get barely any hip hop, they don't get a lot of pop you know but but you know but the, they don't get a lot of rock either, so we went out there and we've got a we've got a great we we go out with these people stars and stripes. Uh, no, Stars Four Stripes. It's a great organization. It's a charity, 100% charity. And um, taxpayers don't pay for anything. And uh, we get out there and we play. It's awesome. It
1: has to be. I mean, you telling the story raised the, uh, the hair on my arms. I mean, I can just...
2: Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah.
1: I, 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 unfortunately, living here in Spain was about, uh, well, actually as a kid, was about 50 yards away from a terrorist attack and um, later on in life witnessed nine eleven in person from about 100 yards wow. away so I can
2: no that's bad wow really god so, so I mean I
1: can't relate exactly to it but
2: you know yeah but you know what you can't you, you it was uh, I'll tell you what our little rocket attack was was over and done in a couple of minutes you know it was over and done within about 15 or 20 minutes <laughs> But what nine eleven was far more.
1: Yeah, that horrendous. was uh, that, that 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 was a a good six six hours of just being in the city, figuring out what the hell we were doing to get out of there, not knowing what was going on. And I mean, I've I relived that whole day in my head for a good two years. Any time a siren went off, any time I heard a loud sound, it just took me back there and just relived the whole thing. So wow anyway um wow. I'm sorry to hear that man that's, right that's, that's, that's that that's life you know I often think about you know I had someone that I went to high school with who died over in Iraq and you know I think about soldiers over there and, and different soldiers that have you know protected you know not only people in the states but I think people all over the world how They've given their lives up and, you know, I witnessed that and I've relived it and everything else. But, you know, these people really give up the ultimate sacrifice. You know, they give up their lives for us and, you know, as as much as that may have affected me, those people really are, you know, truly heroes and really do deserve to have you know, yeah. bands like Filter go over and do what they can yeah. to entertain them. So,
2: Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, we stand there after we play and we, we autograph every single person that wants an autograph. You know, they bring up, like, little pages or, you know, like, we, we print out pictures. but we, we autograph every single thing they put in front of us, and it's usually like two or three, you know, 4,000 people. So we're right. there for hours and hours and hours. And we're talking to these guys, and it's just amazing. It's just like, well, where are you from? You know, and I've heard some pretty amazing, I mean, you know, one of these guys came up to me, he's a really cool dude, and he, he's he. you could tell he had just walked right out of one of these MRAPs. And he just said, Rich, when you aren't when you're in a convoy and you're the lead vehicle, if a four-year-old boy, you know, if a four-year-old kid wanders out into the street, you can't stop. Right. Just, like, horrendous stories like that. I'm just like, what do you mean you can't stop? You can't stop a, a, a four-person, a four, you know, uh, you know, four-to-ten vehicle convoy. You can't stop. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's the unthinkable yeah. running over someone, someone's kid. And it's just like, you know, th- these kids are only 19, 20-some of them, you know. And yeah. um, so it's just brutal it's just brutal. Uh, but you know, I take their mind off of it for a night and we, we Mm -hmm. we talk and, and we, and we try and bring them back home for a second and, you know, and we spent a lot of time in Walter Reed too. We, we always visit there during, uh, when we're in Washington.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah. Very awesome. Yeah. I was going to touch upon some of the other groups that, uh, that you've been involved in, I was just going to touch on uh, uh, Damning Well, the, the rumors that have always been circling around for years. Obviously, we've only ever heard one song from that project. Do you think mm-hmm. that something will ever come out in the future?
2: Um, I, I mean, you know, I never say never. You know, I mean, I, you know, I would love to do. Uh, you know, I, I just, I mean, to me, it's important just to keep making music as much as you can. And uh, you know, I wouldn't I would never um I would never just say I'm not gonna do it. Right. I would always keep my options open. So there's a possibility. Could, gotcha. You know, Danny Lohner, Josh Freeze, Wes Borland, Richard Patrick, it's a pretty good fit. It's a lot yeah. of cool people over there right there, you know.
1: And, yeah. and and if the one song Awakening was a sign of what that whole album was like, I mean, if that ever comes out. I think it Yeah, uh, it
2: would be badass. Exactly. And he's a great producer. Josh and Wes, I mean, they're great songwriters. Yeah, it would be badass.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you touched on Army of Anyone. Do you think yeah. anything would ever come back together with the DeLeo brothers in the future? Or is that just uh, a one-off deal, you think?
2: You know, they're real busy, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're busy. Um, but, you know, I mean, gosh, I mean... You know, it's funny, when I was drinking, you know, 10, 20 years ago, I was like, well, I'm not going to live past 30, obviously, I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm this bad, and I'm 25, you know, I wonder what I'm going to be like when I'm 30. Right. But when I quit drinking, it was like, wow, what am I going to do for the next four or 50 years? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You're kind of like, what am I going to do? So there's plenty of time to work with uh, the DeLeo brothers in the future. There's plenty of time to work with. With uh, Danny and Wes and Josh, there's plenty of time. There, there might be other projects, but I really do need to focus on Filter. Gotcha. And I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I've been able to make Filter records, and it really is my legacy. It really is the one thing that I'm known for, and um, I'm really going to try and just get it bigger and stronger so I can continue to work on it. Gotcha. You know? Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. <laughs>
0: Did you hear the one about heaven? There's a
1: of a riff is that that's the title track of the trouble with angels Uh, obviously the trouble with angels by filter want to thank richard patrick for coming on the show want to also thank kim from 60 cycle and again apologies to both of them for not kicking this interview out sooner Uh, again just a lot of things going on and hopefully we'll be catching up with things shortly and um, if everything goes as planned, you should expect an interview with Liam from Cancer Bats and Chuck Billy from Testament next week. but uh, you know things may may uh, change somehow hopefully um, ho- hopefully no other surprises come up you know had enough for for quite a while. In any event, hope you enjoyed the interview. Uh, Hope you enjoy the album, Trouble with Angels. Go out, check it out. Easily one of the best albums that I've heard uh, this year, without a doubt. Maybe I'm a little partial because, you know, I do enjoy the band so much, but who cares? I think it's one of the best albums that's come out uh, this year. Um, Also... I just want to remind you to check out Metal Army America doing a bunch of different uh, interviews and album reviews over there Um, that is MetalArmyAmerica.com recently did a uh, Q&A interview with um, Richard Christie former drummer of Death uh, Iced Earth and he's got a great new band called Charred Walls of the Damned also did a bunch of different album reviews catching up with uh, that side of things as well Uh, Also, remember to go over to Talking Metal as well. Uh, Also a frequent contributor over there. And with all the nightiness going on, again, everything was on the back burner. Hopefully, we'll be getting things up to speed again on that side of things. And uh, we also have the Fusion Sonica podcast, which is all in Spanish. Uh, We also have the Mars Attacks Twitter, Facebook group, and MySpace Sign up for all of that. You'll find more information regarding all this stuff on MarsAttacksRadio.com. And uh, that is pretty much it. Um, We've been able to hear tracks from The Trouble with Angels. We've heard not only the title track. We've heard No Love. We've heard Absentee Father. And what we're going to do is wrap things up with another great track. It is Catch a Falling Knife. See you next
0: time.